for those paying attention, the recent uh, release by the United States Navy of radar lock intelligence or actual uh, videos of unidentified aerial phenomenon, uh, UFOs, they used to be referred to, but Congress actually changed the name of UFO to UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, um, was um, quite an eye-opener. However, the gentleman by the name of Ingo Swan, who passed away in 2013 uh, at a ripe old age, he was born in the 1930s, is uh, quite enlightening in... um, some of the uh, possibilities behind this phenomenon, which many people have now been recording on their um, mobile phone cameras uh, when it occurs. And so there's now more and more uh, actual validated video evidence of this uh, phenomenon. Um, And it's been taking place... uh, to a very great degree uh, since the uh, explosion of the first uh, nuclear bomb in uh, New Mexico and uh, the subsequent explosion of nuclear bombs above ground. Uh, UFOs have been located at every single nuclear site on the planet Earth. They've been Uh, videoed uh, and uh, photographed at every single site. There's a very deep and involved story involving this whole thing with UFOs um, where they have actually uh, been uh, recorded in video to uh, actually um, disarm nuclear missiles shot from missile silos at uh, 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 missile silo uh, nuclear base in um, the middle of the United States uh, through uh, from an underground missile silos. Um, one particular UFO, uh, as the missile was being launched out of the silo that was that had an active nuclear warhead on the missile, the uh, the the UFO or UAP. Uh, actually uh, disarmed the warhead uh, with what appeared to be something like a laser light from different directions, which was shot at the warhead top. And in doing so, it also disarmed 10 other uh, missiles that were still in their silos. Um, And... Uh, UFOs or UAPs have been located and viewed at every nuclear um, uh, energy production plant. Every nuclear reactor on Earth has had sightings of UFOs. So it's a pretty intense um, thing that's coming into uh, the news nowadays. And um, in uh, Ingo Swan's book, Penetration, the Question of Extraterrestrial, extraterrestrial and human telepathy, he hypothesizes that um, um, there's, uh, you know, basically uh, 
Earthside and Spaceside visits to the moon and ultra-super-secret UFO activities and cover-ups. And uh, he reveals long-held secrets, uh, 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 a whole secret series of experiments with a deep black agency whose apparent character was simple, UFOs or UAPs and extraterrestrials on the moon. And he worries about extraterrestrial telepathic mind control powers. And in the book, he all the while, he explores the fact that we officially know far more than we're admitting about the moon itself. So it's a fascinating book, um, and uh, you can Google for it. Um, the uh, other book that I have in my possession, which I've only uh, just uh, partially read, about uh, two-thirds of the way through, is a list of uh, historic great uh, manifestations or appearances or what he calls apparitions of the Virgin Mary. Um, and uh, these start out with uh, uh, the most, uh, well, it starts out with the Mexican uh, apparition of the Virgin Mary uh, by um, Juan, uh, a, a person by the name of Juan Diego, who was a peasant in Mexico. And um, uh, long ago, hundreds of years ago, was, uh, he was a devout uh, uh, Catholic Christian and uh, he was uh, just uh, on a journey uh, to the local area that he was traveling toward, uh, walking by a hilltop. And uh, on the top of the hill, he saw a beautiful lady. And uh, she um, radiated sort of a, a, a sort of unearthly beauty uh, and... Um, he uh, at first uh, tried to sort of like avoid uh, getting close and was kind of afraid. But uh, on multiple uh, trips uh, to this little uh, uh, town that he had to go to from his home, um, she appeared. And um, at, uh, eventually a conversation uh, developed between her and him, and he asked... Uh, her to provide him some sort of uh, proof or evidence that he could provide to um, the authorities, uh, both at the um, the Catholic Church and also at other, uh, um, you know, um, social places, to uh, uh, give evidence that this was not just in his imagination. And her answer was uh, to provide him with, uh, he wore a cloak called a tiara, which was made of a fabric which decays very rapidly in a period of just a few years. It, it rots, and, it, and there's no exceptions to that rule. And uh, what she did is she, uh, she provided him with uh, many beautiful, scintillatingly beautiful flowers that were out of season and fresh flowers, and then also uh, she imprinted an image of herself as she wished to be apprehended or, I mean, 
uh, you know, uh, perceived uh, by the uh, American tribes uh, on uh, the the fabric of his tiara in such a way that uh, uh, it made the fabric of his tiara indis- incorruptible. And even though his tiara is still on display in a, tr- in a Catholic church in Mexico City, and it's been hundreds and hundreds of years since uh, this occurred, uh, the fabric has not decayed at all. Though that fabric always decays in every other instance on in the history of of, of the Earth, uh, very rapidly. Also, um, science has discovered in uh, examining the image uh, that was left on the tiara of her that um, miraculous uh, uh, image uh, uh, manifestation was there, in which. Uh, could be seen a reflection of Juan Diego himself in the pupils of the eyes of the image of Mary that was so refined and so very vivid and clear that it's not scientifically possible to paint or draw uh, such a manifestation especially back in, uh, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years ago when this occurred. So that's one example. He starts out the book, uh, The Great Apparitions of Mary, with that. And then he moves on to other um, miraculous uh, apparitions, which actually, uh, uh, when people came and visited the site where she was appearing uh, multiple times, sometimes, they actually were cured of, of diseases they, they had had their whole lives and uh, kind of things like that. Um, so uh, I kind of recommend, uh, you know, doing some exploring about uh, this man, Ingo Swan. Um, he was hired by NASA um, to uh, actually um, test his remote viewing ability to... Uh, psychically project his consciousness uh, far away and locate the details of um, places in, uh, in other areas uh, across the planet or, or even further away. And so as a test, uh, 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 he proposed a test of uh, basically um, prior to the first probes that NASA had already launched to Jupiter and Mars, um, he uh, used his remote viewing talent to uh, examine the planets of Jupiter and Mars for details, uh, which could not be seen by telescope uh, from the Earth. And uh, he described in extreme detail uh, much of the conditions on both Jupiter and Mars, including uh, wind conditions, the fact that the great red spot on Jupiter is actually a huge storm that's been going on for for a very long time, Um, that there were uh, actually river canyons on Mars, and all kinds of things which uh, the probes when they, uh, and he described this to NASA prior to the probes arriving at the planets. When the probes got to the planets, 
they were uh, they verified his his perceptions through remote viewing that he had perceived uh, very very accurately. the The match was uncanny, and so I recommend to uh, the listener that they um, you know really investigate if you're interested in un- in the unusual and uh, provable. Um, that uh, it might be a, a really good idea to uh, to look into this man who is very rarely uh, reported uh, about in the traditional news. So that uh, completes my first uh, podcast. Uh, I know it was brief, uh, 